Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Charge podcast. We are on episode 8 today. Uh, this is Jonathan with Team Salt Boys. This is Ryan from Team Lethal. This is Marco from Team Meta Club. And today we have a pretty medium-sized episode, I'd say. Uh, a lot of news came out this week. We're going to touch base on. Uh, I think we should open up with the probably the hottest topic of the week is the Set 10 and Set 11 reprints, or the second edition uh, which, ironically enough, is only going to have a second edition print on the box and the packaging, but the cards will be exactly the same as the original. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, they had a similar uh, experience with that, like in Magic, with uh, Mystery Boosters and uh, the, this um, unique thing they called the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a good idea in general uh, for them not to be able to distinguishable, but uh, what do you think? I think it's super awkward. It's like you put the effort to make the boxes, the packs say second edition, but the packs are not going to come out second edition. So in terms of it being good or bad for the game, I think overall it's just going to be a good thing because, you know, it'll cut the cost of cards. It'll help players come into the game and get the staples that they need, like dormant, violent rays, and so forth. And also is kind of a way to protect sealed collectors. It's just... I don't know. One thing that this is probably confirming is that in the near future, even with all the reprints we're going to get, unless it's like a variant of the revision packs that they did, like how they reprinted the secrets in non-foils, basically there's never going to be a second edition in the game. Everything's going to be quote-unquote first edition or it's just the same rarity, I guess you can say. So this kind of confirms that. And overall, I think it's good for the game because it was just, you know, like I said, attract more players, make the game a little bit more affordable. But also, Bandai took the step out to consider the sealed collectors, and it's also protecting, like, you know, those collectors who are um, gathering sealed products. I think this is a... I I agree with you on that for the uh, collector-wise. A lot of people are just really heated about collectors coming to the game, which, at the end of the day, that's... It's just their hobby, like... That's just what they do is they like to collect. Um, I don't think it's a good... I, I, I do agree as well. I don't. I think it's a bad idea for them to not put second edition on the cards. Why go through the effort for the packs mm-hmm. for the uh, and for the uh, booster box, but not for the, uh, uh, the cards itself? It's not that hard to put, like, second edition in the corner or, like, you know, give it a distinguishable number identifier because that does screw over collectors because a first edition... It's like with comic books. There's your first edition... And then every time they have to reprint a, a, a new run of comic books, they'll always have it in the uh, the top right corner, uh, second print run, or third print run, or fourth print run, sure. and stuff like that. So you're able to distinguish between the original print run and all the uh, variant print runs. Do you think they'll change the foiling on these at all? No. Well, I, think, I think with the announcement for um, uh, what they're, that they're not making any distinguishes, I think they're going to keep the same foiling. I mean... But uh, the way that they've done, like, Draftbox or, like, Evo Booster, they're different foilings, but they never announced that they're making a change in the foiling pattern. Like, that could be something that might be distinguishable. It might be thinner. Because I know a lot of people complain about Draftboxes having, like, poorer quality card than, yeah, than other card sets. Before. So, like, if this is what happens with second edition, I think there will be a distinguishable difference. Um, well, how was their announcement said when they said that the packs, the cards inside the packs are going to look identical? I mean, did they just say there's going to be no stamp saying second edition or did they say the cards inside the pack are going to be practically exactly the same? Because I think, I think the way they announced it was 
that there wouldn't be a stamp uh, saying second edition, and that they will look identical to their exact uh, to their counterparts. Then yeah, they're probably not gonna you know do different variants and anything. The only thing that bothers me truly, like I said, like this thing not having a second edition, it wouldn't bother me too much. The only thing that will bother me personally is that it's gonna start devaluing like secrets in the game. Even though a lot of people, especially people who are saying, you know, that they're looking for secrets and, you know, that the cost for them is too high. that That's the thing that will bother me personally. It's just going to devalue secrets if there's no distinguishable, distinguishable, like, difference. Like, you know, if you can't tell the difference between the two, it's like, oh, you don't know if this came from a reprint or the new set or whatever. Shout out to Henny Lillian's four per case. And I get mine in. <laughs> Let me read this uh, excerpt from the official announcement from official Dragon Ball Super excerpt. Card Game. Uh, for the second edition reprints, only the booster box and booster packs will have the second edition logo on them. Due to various manufacturing reasons, we are not currently planning to mark the cards with any second edition logo. Cards will have the same foiling and pull rates as their originals. So, the foiling thing is out the window. Everything. Uh, it's just, you're basically just... Um, if The only way you'd be able to keep your money collector-wise right now is if you're just uh, a box... Uh, if you're a student collector... Packs and boxes. That's about it. So there's a slight, slight chance the cards can have different artwork from the way that announcement was worded. That's a lot of that's a lot of effort though for a reprint. So I don't think they put the effort. In there. there is a slight chance because I didn't rule that out, and maybe I didn't read far enough in. But that was the end of the paragraph. <laughs> if you look, if you look slightly, you can see that the arm is elevated two inches from every card. <laughs> Yeah, the way I feel about it, like I said, I think it's a good thing overall. It's just personally for myself, it was just, you know, because I'm collecting the secrets, one per copy, whatever. It, it was just devalue the secret. You can't really tell the difference between first or second edition. So, But realistically, in a grand scheme of things, like this is a good thing for the game. It makes cards cheaper. That's what players want. You know, people who are competitive players, they will pay what they have to pay in order to perform well and, you know, get max value out of these tournaments. You know, casual players that would come in just to play casual, that's going to help them. The only thing that personally would bother me is just, you know, just my secrets will be like oh, a little bit cheaper and stuff like that. But And also it's going to come into question how many times they're going to, you know, do reprints. Like they said, what's the reprint for like set 10 and 11 they said? Mm -hmm. You know, how many times are they going to reprint that? It's like maybe next year, like, oh, there's still not enough, you know, of this product. People are still complaining. We're going to do another run of a reprint and so forth. So that's also going to come into play and make an effect in the game. Well, yeah. to be fair, this is the first two sets that came out after the pandemic situation. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why they might have felt the need to do so because they didn't know what to expect with the unknown community being so big and active still during mm -hmm. the pandemic, whereas all the other major card games have not been, as far as I'm aware of. That's a good observation. I didn't know this was the two first sets after the pandemic hit. Because we had gotten the uh, set nine with the cells, you know, the invoker and all that. And then we just kind of had to sit on that and play like untap or Cause it know, was, webcam for like nine months. Because it was, uh, what was it? It was Universal, yeah, Universal, Universal Onslaught. Onslaught. And then Dropbox 5 came right as soon as uh, pretty much majority of the world went into like, don't leave your house. Correct. Dropbox, I remember, I remember it because it was uh, me and David... He said that they he found uh, 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 cards and comics was still selling them uh, draft boxes. He went there and he picked up one for me and one for him. I drove over to his house because the next day I wasn't allowed to leave my house, <laughs> so I made the drive, went over there, picked up the draft box, and then drove an hour and a half back to my house. <laughs> and then I opened one Ribrian, 
uh, and some other good stuff. Hey, the addiction's real. But yeah, that would, to me, that says more about why the reprint's happening than maybe anything else. They did mention that their primary was to help uh, lower the entry for people trying to get into the game mm -hmm. and to help, I guess, keep collectors still interested in their product because the sealed, at least, is, is different. But for me, not knowing what to expect with the pandemic, by set 12, they had a pretty good understanding, and that's mm -hmm. why we are not having these issues. I have brought up the, uh, the lower entry from previous episodes. Um, they do need to do that, but for older sets. I think set 9 is probably the best one they can reprint. Because uh, it's got an entire invoker format. And then you get, if, you, if you have somebody who just wants to play specifically Universe 9, because that was their favorite, the, the Tournament of Power arc was their favorite arc. And they like all the characters and like playing uh, UI Goku Invoker. And they want to play with the, uh, the stuff like that. It's borderline impossible for someone who's new to come into the game and play that. These cards are way too expensive at the moment. If they're going to reprint a set, reprint the sets with the signature cards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Seven and T.O.P., huh? Yeah, I ain't going to lie. If T.O.P. hits with a reprint, that's probably going to uh, hurt a lot of Victory Strike collectors. Because if there's no difference between the first and the second, it's like... Doesn't, didn't Bandai go on record and say that they're not reprinting Victory Strike? I'm pretty sure they're not, but... You know, think, this reprint hit, so they're saying something. Do you think if they reprint the uh, T.O.P. that they'll just leave out Victory Strike? Like, honestly? I don't think so. If Either that, If they were do that, they would replace it as well. Throw the whole whole reprint away at that point. Yeah, just the, well, that's okay, though. They do have the signatures still, and those do hold value. But, but, that's, but that's also my biggest issue um, with something like this. Because, uh, like you said, it does hurt the collector's market. Because if they printed T.O.P., the signature cards would lose value indefinitely mm -hmm. because there's legitimately no way at that point to distinguish between a first edition signature and a second edition signature. Yeah. I agree. So Yeah. That'll be the biggest thing. I, I like the fact that Bandai still took consideration into sealed collectors. I thought that was a very interesting they did. And you know, they put the second edition on the packs and uh, boxes. That's that you know, those little small details makes a difference, you know. It shows that Bandai's like they took into consideration and they took action upon that. So I'll definitely give them like, you know, kudo points for that. No, that, that that's a big kudo. I have a lot of friends who, uh, who are sealed. They, they like sealed over everything else because sealed just always hold the sealed will always hold its value over cards no matter what. And, um, Truth. I think that's, that, that's a, that's a, uh, a more healthier way to affect, to, to look at your gaming market versus your collector's market. Cause sealed doesn't impact the collector's market. Cards impact your collector's market or your gaming market. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good for the uh, for Bandai in total. Do you think the reprint is a better idea than let's say taking like the top ten cards from these two sets and just putting them in anniversary box? I think uh, they should do something like they did with uh, Battle Evolutions. Battle Evolution is probably the best example for reprints. Yeah, sets of being Nimbus. Um, I mean, everybody's really complaining about these. You know, negates. Like dormant and violent rays, and then the counterplays, trunks and freezes. Those are your high dollar items, right? Anniversary box. Make them all start. Put uh, Bandai free uh, once again, free marketing because hire me. You take all those cards, you put them in your anniversary box, and you give them alternate arts, just like you did with the arrivals. I mean, that's what you they did with the Topo last year, right? And like that was a, a high end card for an uncommon. People were paying you know five ten dollars out the bat, and then 
up to 20, 30 bucks, I think, a copy with foils being considered. Or what a title is I think that's the best thing. I really like the anniversary thing. Like, you know, them doing that, I feel like it's so good. It, it's they should really just... 90% of the waste from this reprint that Because nobody really wants the reprint uncommons and comments, oh, even the bulk rares. Nobody wants that. They want to pull the dormants. I want. I like that bulk rare Burley. Even that bulk rare Yeah, you can have that one. But it's <laughs> that like... That one's pretty good. There's maybe a, two handfuls of cards people are really looking for. Yeah, you know, in these reprints, so and it's also nice to see them in alt art too. I think the alt art are it really helped because the, the there was a there, there was a very nice difference between the original arrivals and the alt art arrivals, and yeah. I think that was really good as well. I think just sticking to something like that will help out, especially because you just put in your dormants, you put your dorm potentials, you put your violent rays, uh, you can put your wolf fang fist because those are also becoming more expensive. Mm-hmm. Your Frieza and your trunks. You've got a pretty good uh, color pie right there for your reprints. And then just pick some other, like, you know, crappy cards that you guys are going to pick because they're going to pick, just like how they pick Comrade, uh, Ally, whatever the crap Goku. Goku. That was really bad. <laughs> they got to stop that. Yeah, please stop. <laughs> like, they really got to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that card, I thought it was Kaioken. I was like, oh, Kaioken, we're getting another reprint finally. Like, nope, it's a really bad card. Yeah, it's like those reprints in foil are somewhat difficult to get alone. So it's just the fact that you kind of fill half of the reprint box with kind of like, you know, boo-boo cards. And then you got the other half that's like fire. And then you open your pack of random foils. There's like four boo-boo cards and one fire card. Like if you, I, I think personally me, if I was like, you know, instructing everything, I was like, all right, we're going to put nothing but fire in this. And this is going to sell like hot cakes. Exactly. No, it won't. <laughs> you you want to chase it. Bro, I'm not. Bro, if you if you put a if, you, if they put another Oob and Goku, uh, Comrade Ally Goku in there, bro, I'm straight up throwing it. I'm, throwing, bro, they're gonna I'm going to Bandai and throwing those cards in their parking lot. They gonna put promos in there that people ain't even heard of. Hey, bro, if you <laughs> like, put, if, Bandai, if you make any more Vekus, I'm straight up just dumping them. Watch, in Vekus gonna be a repeat yeah, next I anniversary. Put money on. You know how many Vekus I own right now? I don't even want over, to talk about over thirty. It. Wild. And I've pulled ten of them. How many have you picked up out of the trash can? Uh, three. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making a... Watch out for the, the, the stream highlights. Every time we do a, a stream from now on, you can start seeing my Vecca collection rise. Ryan's eventually just going to make a play mat out of Vecca. I told that to TZ this morning. I, I, I messaged him. I was like, I'm bringing out all my Vecca's. He's like, how are you going to make room for your play mat? They are my play mat. <laughs> uh, okay, so do we think that... This is good for the game, ultimately? I think it is. At the end of the day, I think um, it's good for the game, bad for collectors. So, well, bad for card collectors. Yeah, not, uh, sealed, sealed collectors. is fine. Yeah. So, yeah. I think at the end of the day, looking at it from a game uh, game state perspective, it's good for the game. No, definitely. I agree. Like, putting all, you know, selfish wants on the side, this is a really good move by Bandai. Yeah, all it's around. It's like a middle ground selection, right? They're giving players the reprints, but they're giving collectors the second edition box marking, so... They don't lose value on their sealed products, which these boxes are hitting for anywhere from three to five hundred a box right now. It's it's just good for the game because, like I said, um, the game's been around forever, and um, you just can't get like it, it's it's unique for uh, a game in general to just go for like an old reprint set. Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't do that. Uh, Magic just barely started doing that. Like I think the first real product they ever did was the most recent, which was Time Spiral Remastered, hmm. which was. Of one of the most phenomenal um, sets they've ever had, but it was printed such a low volume that it's like 
It went from being a $170 MSRP for a box to $350. And I haven't even checked recently what the box is going for right now. So Bandai just kind of needs to be good on their printing of the set 10, set 11. So they just don't... Uh, because uh, so they can actually affect the market in a more positive way. Because if they just make it like a low print run, then it's it's not really going to impact the market the way that everybody will hope it will. That's true. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about reprinting like other sets, like signature sets, like TOP and this all in the sands. But is there with all the reprints that we get now, is there really a reason to reprint anything prior to that, like set one, set two? No. That, Don't. I, Go ahead. I thought you were going to say don't. <laughs> no, I was going to say the only reason you really would do those is basically for the secrets. You know, some secrets with pricings are kind of out of hand. You know, the one set with the signatures in it, the oh. AOD Broly and the Arcane Absorption Majin Buu. I think set they came six. in AOD They came Broly. in the same set together, right? They did. They did. Isn't yeah. AOD Broly like almost $900? Yeah, and I think people are actually paying that price point. And, you know, the, the Arcane Buu, unreasonably $400, and I'm almost playing with that thing. Don't play that trash, dog. That car kind of, that car boo-boo. I'm just upset that 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 deck doesn't go with the AOD deck that came oh, out. When I read, then when I read it, I was like, man, how am I supposed to bring this thing out? I gotta drop eight for it. No, I won't do none of that. <laughs> but yeah, but I feel like that could be, you know, it's just certain secrets that can see really good, you know, be playable in those sets. It'll probably do justice if they reprint those sets just for those reasons, just to make certain secrets more affordable. It, it's like Apex of Power, the other Victory Strike. Thing is, uh, practically sitting at fifteen hundred dollars now, and Invoker is a popular deck. It's like you know, if someone comes from a different card game and they like control type decks, and they can't play Invoker because you know, unless it's some sense. Magic player coming in. But you know, fifteen hundred dollars is nothing to them. But <laughs> you know, but like if somebody comes in, they want to play control. It's like yeah, so I want this card, I want that card. It's four hundred. All right, now at fifteen for this uh, secret, I have to give you. Exactly. So that'll probably be, you know, that's that reprint of that set will be justice. Another reprint could be with the Celzino. Does Celzino come with Apex? Yes. Yeah, so that'd I'll be set, a good. I'll set nine secrets, except for the smoke are really good. Yeah, so that could be like a good set to reprint just for that specifically, you know? Black Smoke was good at the time. Black Smoke was really good. As someone who played Search Tree, that card is incredibly powerful. But it, it got just outpaced. it got outpaced really quickly because you had uh, you had uh, uh, Smoke, and then after that came out Gogeta. Gogeta was just a little bit better. And then after Gogeta, we had the best, probably the, still the best secret in the game, which is Supreme Cut Time. If you got, if you can't tap. One. Hey, by the way, the best secret in the game is not uh, Heroin's Gauge. I don't know. Four per case. Four for case. Four for case. Four times the power. Four times the power. Stop buying that card up. Be like, don't forget uh, Goku and Oob. See what saw what happened to them. Bro, if I ever if you ever mentioned Goku and Oob on this podcast, I'll burn <laughs> that card on next video recording. Listen, with this new lineage deck coming out, let's talk about some Goku's lineage, uh, the lineage secret. Goku Junior. Goku Junior. Nobody's playing that. Watch me! I'm finna come in. Remember there. when they uh, when they showed off the promo leader and everybody thought they were reprinting the Goku Junior secret because they mentioned it mm -hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh, is this confirmed?" Like, no. I was like, "Are you guys dumb?" Man. I didn't realize that secret had triple strike until I actually read it. I only remember the burn effect by the top seven. I was like, "This is triple strike." Hold on, I might actually play this. <laughs> I mean, it's a good budget option if you don't have. Um, $150. $150 to spend on Victory Strike. <laughs> That's fair. That, that is fair. But, That's uh, like 5% of the Victory Strike cost, so... I know this was a little reasonable. bit... Uh, this is something we haven't discussed. I kind of want to bring it up just a bit before we move on. 
what would you guys think about a product, a, a premium product, like a real premium product? Like the, like the, you know how they did the collector product? I think we're on the same page here. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about a premium product where they reprinted secrets with mm. alternate arts? I was actually going to bring this up too. I know, right? I thought about it and I go, that might be a really good idea for a premium product. Now, this is this is where people are going to get uh, real mad because the, a lot of people don't understand premium products. Premium product is like what Magic does, but with a what's what's called a collector booster. A collector booster is where they have certain cards in the uh, in the collector booster that you cannot pull in a regular booster from draft or sets. So they've got extended alternate art foils uh, for the most recent one for Strixhaven. They came out with uh, Japanese uh, Japanese alternates, which were some of the most like amazing looking artwork in the game. They look really good. Like, uh, and I pulled a couple. Like, I pulled like the most high end card from there, three hundred dollars, and it is it, it does not leave my binder. It is phenomenal. So like that's a premium product right there, and I think uh, I think it might be a, a, a good product for a premium wise if Bandai did something like that. Not every secret in the game, because then you just de de you just decimate somebody's wallet. It would have to be highly limited, and you wouldn't be guaranteed anything. I think it'd have to be like a chase, where you say, "Okay, this is your pool of secret rares," mm -hmm. and then you fill it with like high-end SPRs or SRs, and you're like, "Okay, you're guaranteed nine SRs, two SPRs, and one secret, or something like that." I, I think I just may, I might make this a little better. So what you do is you get the product, right? Um, you're guaranteed um, one to two secrets. You're guaranteed one. But you can pull two secrets, all of an alternate art. But they make cards that are SRs that never had an SPR. Mm -hmm. It's something I brought up in this podcast before. I would like for them to introduce SRs that never had an SPR artwork, like Violent Rays or Dormant Potential or um, Wolf Fang Fist. Well, Wolf Fang has a winner's, but yeah. Yeah, Winter, yeah it has yeah, a winner's. Yeah. Uh, stuff like Mechibora. It has a winner's, I understand, but it would still be nice to have an SPR version. Get more kind of flowing in the market to help you know, mitigate some of that price, have a more premium looking product, you know, people who have high rarity decks have more access to different uh, card arts they kind of like, stuff like that. You know, just print these cards that never had an SR, that never had an SPR that are SRs. It would help, uh, it would be a really good way to pad out what you're going to be in your collector's booster for your premium products. And then you still get the one to two secrets, depending on what you pull. What kind of floor are we having for the secrets here? Are we talking like Goku Oob? No. Okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> next video podcast, I'm burning it. Are we talking Shinron that everybody got like 17 copies of? None of that, none of that crap. If you just put that in there, I'm straight up going to throw burning garbage How in How many the secrets are there even in the game right now? Like uh, 30? I have my binder right now. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I think they should reprint secrets that at least have some like viable reason printed. Like like Celzino. Celzino, like you can have chase secrets like yeah. Celzino, uh, Apex of Power, uh, Supreme Kai of Time, Hatchiac. I would like for them to do something like that in like regional type events. You know, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like people going to tournaments and they're playing for alternate art of a very playable card that's like in all decks. So it can follow the same thing. Because I know people in our community has talked about that. It's like for regionals. Well, they've been doing that. Like, you know, they have a championship, you know, Denial of Hope. But it's like when Denial of Hope came out, Denial of Hope was already getting, you know, played out a little bit. At this point, it's just a collector's card. But, oh. you know, if they would do stuff like that for cards that are, like, you know, dormant potential, that card's going to be good for, you know, Lord knows how long. But if there's like an alternate version of that that you can win at a regionals, you know, it'll probably 
attract a lot of eyes. It'll put more into circulation. Even though it's going to be really expensive because of how rare it is, that's still one more dormant potential in our circulation, you know? Mm -hmm. I think... Um uh, you know, kind of what they did with that you know how like if you get first place at your store regional qualifier or any regional qualifier yeah. they give you that winner's pack yeah. that's something uh, that, no, absolutely. That, that they've made that I do like I, I and I agree with what you're I agree with what you're saying mm -hmm. I kind of don't like that they pick kind of boo-boo cards <laughs> like remember when they had the rival Ribiana as the winner one well, don't I was talk like, about big Ribiana yeah, like that it wasn't Dang, even the, the, uh, the punishing passion it was Arrival, and I was just like, you picked the worst one. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it just came out, so they're probably like, oh, you know, this just came out this set. You can get this in a winter variant. And then COVID hit, and everything got canceled, and nobody got it but like two people. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you're saying, it's like, I feel like a good one they did was. I feel like these last set of winner cards is an excellent oh, example. Mickey Kabora, that card is insane. It's like, a, it's an amazing side stage. Yeah, you've got Wolf Fang Fist. Probably, uh, it's just an auto include in every red deck. Like that card's just too powerful. Yeah, Ignoring Barrier Fifteen Fist is really good. And, and then, then the Counter Counter Baby, mm -hmm. like you know, the Baby Abe, that's really good. I mean, if whenever you're running that Unison, which has becoming you know somewhat of a staple in majority of the decks. You know, you run one or two of those, just, you know, complement the effect. If you do the minus seven and there's a winner variant of that, those are excellent choices. If they keep that up, you know, it'll be really good for the game, in my opinion. Now, if they're ever going to do that for a secret, man, who knows, but... I know, but uh, we have a couple of secrets up here that I think that would be really good for padding out kind of like this premium product. I think uh, uh, you want to pick secrets that aren't, like, you know, super sought out because those are going to be your chase, your chase percentage... But uh, for your regular percentage, I think stuff like the uh, the Great Ape, um, using a lot of uh, aggro green decks that just need like a way to protect themselves from dying really quickly, uh, that's one of the good ones. Uh, you've got um, the uh, SS3 Gotenks, kind of a really good just like generic yellow uh, yellow secret, kind of just a staple altogether. Uh, a rival uh, uh, Broly Raditz and Vegeta. Nobody's playing that. Uh, I mean, if they ever come back with a uh, uh, red green surge, that card's really good. I mean. Five energy. Hey, five energy is. Uh, hey, when you burn them for two, it's basically if you get them in a the range of two lives, that's almost like game over. That's pretty much yeah. It should like, be game over. You're right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you kill combos too, right? Mm -hmm. Anything what two or less? Yeah, two or less it, they, it dies. Uh, probably. Um, I think this will be a controversial one, but uh, this will help the price for the SS3 Broly. Just put that in. Put that in your non-chase seeker percentage. Listen, Bandai knows what TCG is. This year I go on TCG, makes a yearly annual collection thing that you're talking about. Pick two cards at over $500 and make them the chase cards. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I mean, there's like half of these secrets that would fit them. Yeah, but like you don't, want, you don't want to do all in one shot, so you know. True. Just have a, have the picture of Awakened Power and then don't even have Awakened Power. Absolutely. Exactly. I think if they did like one original Awakened Power and then reprints everywhere, like the ultimate chase... That's how you. That's how you get people in the streets riding. Wait, were you saying like in the in that collection set they'll have one of the original art? <laughs> Just like one for the whole production of this. It will have to have like a gold border to like signify like, oh, right, this guy got the. We're shutting the podcast down. Like this guy got the chase card. We'll see because anybody can come up, <laughs> just post a picture to victory, saying like, yeah, I pulled the chase card. 
Now this one needs to have like gold letterings or gold borders and be like, yeah, I, I got have the instead of Goku just so I can confuse. <laughs> I wait for. I know. I think one of us said it before, but a Vegeta with Victory Strike that'd be pretty cool. And then let that be the, the last Victory Strike ever printed in humanity. It needs to be the one where he's uh, doing the little uh, the maneuver, uh, the maneuver mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Topo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I said the maneuver. That sounded really, really bad. But, Especially um, when there's no video to show what I'm doing. I'm randomly <laughs> holding my hand out, and I remember there was no video recording on this. But um, but now that we're uh, off topic completely, let's go back on topic. The biggest thing I did want to bring up, though, today was uh, I hear uh, it's been in the woodworks for a while, but that's uh, GOAT format for DBS. Now, for people who don't know what GOAT format is because they don't have any Yu-Gi-Oh friends, uh, good for you. Other people are bad. Um, Goat formats um, stands for uh, a really it's a, it's a basically an older format, uh, a more older traditional format for uh, your your game's lifespan. So uh, the easiest way to explain it is for Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Goat format stands for when Goat control was the biggest uh, thing at the time for Yu-Gi-Oh. That's about I think uh, what was it, two thousand four below I think. Not a Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I think it's like an, it's somewhere in the early two thousands and low and lower. They use their ban list. They use their. Uh, only those cards that were printed out in the time and stuff like that. And uh, what makes it more interesting, because uh, people will think that it's a solved format, when GOAT format came out, it, uh, it became an unsolved format. Because people back in the day, Solemn Judgment was very legal. And people did not think that was a good card back in the day. Mm-hmm. They thought losing half your life for a negate was not worth it. And let me see now, that's very much worth it in Yu-Gi-Oh. Because it, it literally just can decide the whole game for you. So, especially like with a more older format for GOAT, where it's a bit more slower and everything's kind of more of a decisive strike, um, you can see kind of see the same thing happening with um, uh, Dragon Ball. Like, there could be cards that people didn't even think. Like, remember when, uh, what's the card? The four drop that came out in uh, Rebirth of Justice? Mm-hmm. Old, old card. Nobody even thought about it. One guy brings it up, it's become the hot, the, the hot topic of the century. You know, older cards that people are sleeping on that were, they probably didn't think were good at the time and stuff like that. We might see a more of a resurgence of um, uh, decks that kind of break the format, like right then and there, and be able to think about it, and be able to just you know shake up the format so it doesn't become like a a more stuck, a more solved format. We're able to see some more interesting plays and no. stuff like that. I'm really glad you brought that up because I know I was mentioning this to Jonathan a little bit earlier. Is that so during so this goat format that they're mentioning is just between set one and two, correct? Set one, set two. Expansion uh, deck box set one and two, which is Mighty Heroes and Dark Demon Villains. So you've got uh, yeah, because that means you've got the uh, is that the overrun package? I think it is. It's the it's the small overrun package. That's really interesting because during the time of set one, set two, that wasn't out yet, was it? It came out right before set three. Right before set three. Because I, uh, I, I moved to uh, Okinawa uh, right as soon as that came out, and that was before set three. So is that so, the uh, Mass Saiyan, the original Mass Saiyan that clears board? Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, it was Time Patrol Trunks, the original Mass Saiyan. You had a Toa Mira, uh, Shanshan, Shinshin, or whatever their names were, the two sisters. <laughs> if only we had access to the yeah, If only we had access to this, this high-speed internet. Man, bro, when that thing came out, that changed everything for the better. Dude, I remember when they came out with black, I was actually excited because I like playing generic colors that, like, you know, kind of... Because it feels like a... Um, uh, what is it called? If, if, whenever you play generic stuff, it, it, may, it feels like your uh, abilities to... Um, Gives you more options to, to expand to give you more options. I'm glad you yeah. said words that I can say. Oh <laughs> crap, it does have the five drop uh, dark mass saying yeah, that was the prize possession and time patrol trunk. Well, I so, call that every card there besides um, Supreme. 
Supreme. The Supreme. I forgot that car was in there to be There's honest. the Time Ruler Toa. Oh, crap. The foilings yeah. on these cards, too, were insane. insane. Like, during that oh. time for Dragon Ball, when I saw these cards, I was like, bro, these cards are beautiful. Dude, this is the, I remember, dude, I bought, like, two of these. Those were so good. This was I, not so good. No, those were, these are really garbage. Boy, I traded that away. <laughs> so, you're probably, what you're probably going to see is... Um, Overrun. Yeah, a lot. Like, this is the only Overrun you have access to at the moment. I mean, yeah. shoot. Warp that board, boy. Yeah, that, th- this this is your answer to a lot of big stuff. So this is what this is what's gonna break your format too, right here. Is the fact that um, you're gonna see sell again. You're gonna see Frieza, or not Frieza, uh, at the top again. But you're not gonna see them dominate the format because you have a, you have a little bit of uh, format breaking with uh, Max A to keep everything in check. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about you know how go format and you get what's like you know meant like changed a little bit in terms of how people were playing back then to now i was telling jonathan that the same thing is that you know back then during like set one and two you know our medicine was basically like crit vegeta mecha frieza versus cell soul striker versus you know ultimate frieza and so forth android 18 to 17 the way people play back then might be a little bit different now because of how people's mindset evolved in terms of play styles throughout all these sets. I'm talking about, like, we're in set, what, 13 now? That's, like, all 10 whole sets of cards just, you know, brand new circulating into the system, changing the way people see how they see the game and so forth. So it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how this GOAT format plays out if it becomes a, a successful idea. No, it, it it really does at the end of the day because of stuff like um, because of stuff like you know, additional just player knowledge and everything. Like whenever you look at people who play uh, Go and Yu Gi Oh, uh, like you, I see a lot of people who I've known who, who like play who like top regionals, one regionals, one like nationals and stuff like that. Have their invites to worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people like like that in uh, our community, and like seeing them play Go, you know, like that. It like like older formats like that aren't uh, like a lot of people have the stipulation that older formats are a lot easier. Like, no, it's way harder because you have access to a lot more powerful cards that you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a higher level of thinking. You can't just, like, you can't just kind of blast your way through, like, mindless combo like you can in newer formats. So you is know? everything splashing blue in this set? Uh, for Sensor Beam? Yeah. And, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good blue, but no. And then Bottos, or not Bottos, Weiss's cores. Can we talk said? about the old original blue package was four beans, Oops. four Weiss cores, and four one-drop boos. Oh. That was the OG play a card, draw a card package. Bust. See, but now now you have like a uh, now you have people who are like you know uh, abuse. Remember like uh, Zeno button, mm-hmm. abuse Zeno button now. Zeno button set two. Zeno button was set one. Oh, yeah. Vegito is just super Zeno button fodder because everything's red, green, blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Vegito, yeah. The Zeno trunks. Uh, Speaking the, of Vegito, reboot that boy. Yeah, reboot our Vegito, please. Where, oh, where is... Uh... This is my exit. <laughs> I was going to say, one thing that people can do to adapt is that they can load up their decks with the, with those, you know, like Freehan, the battle card where you combo, come into play in rest mode. Yeah. They can just settle button, you know, just play two or three of them out and just maintain board. Holy crap. I didn't even think about stuff like that. Yeah, because, like, you know, now that's the thing. You know, the Freehan back in the day was... I liked it because against the Vegeta matchup, but majority of the other matchups, it wasn't that popular. But it was a free body on the board. And, you know, back in the day, the more bodies you had on the board, it, it led to you having hand control, be, uh, better hand size than your opponent. Because when you swing, that's, you know, asking for a 5K out of their hand. That's why it was so prevalent, you know, 
for me during that time. I was playing Soul Striker. That's when I came into the game. But it was so important for Soul Striker mirrors to maintain board control because the faster you lost your hand size, you know, the quicker you're going to lose advantage of the game. But yeah. What's more interesting is that Chompa exists in this format. Yeah, that's true too. And we have Chompa and we have uh, uh, what was it? What's that card? The the Monaka card. The Monaka, yeah. yeah that's so a you good could card. you could you could possibly see people actually even uh, go into uh, multicolors. Mm-hmm. Because you can see people like play uh, Majin Vegeta Crit. Yeah. With uh, uh, increasing pr- pressure, Monaka, whatever the whatever the heck that card's called. Yeah, we'll pull it up at some point, but uh, I'm I damn sure don't know what that card does. All I remember is it, it gives it dual attack, but I don't know if it's lethal. It's right there. Yeah. That was a popular card. And your leader gains double, double strike. strike, so you can basically give your leader double strike crit. And then you draw a yeah. card. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to activate main, so. This is a really good card for set one. Oh my gosh. Give your leader double strike and can trip yourself? So this is basically. Who made, who made this card? This basically puts this you guy. in a situation to where you're like, okay, if I'm not going to combo to this leader, I'm basically going to tell my opponent to discard a card, you know? So it, this could be like, you know, another way of how people are going to play the game. It's like. I don't want to combo anything, but I don't want my opponents just to take this hit. So I'm going to swing. If it's a double strike, they're going to go down by two if they decide to take it for free. Isn't the the coming soon uh, Goku, the SS Blue Goku, that's not a dual attack? One of them has dual attack, right? Oh, man. The, it's so either the Goku or the Vegeta. The, that one. This one has dual attack, yeah. Seven or when more you, energy first. Yeah, when you have seven or more. I mean, in blue, the, in set one blue, that's not asking for a whole lot because of the fact you have cards like um, the four drop lease and you have the, uh, and you also have objection too. Don't forget that card's legal here. Uh, so you objection, you turn one, or you uh, you turn two objection. Bro, Mecha objection. I'm already not, I'm already not having a good time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but, well, uh, during this time, Mecha was in, aside from the absorption boot eight drop mecha wasn't really dead like i said that like all, all mecha can do is just ramp really hard and have a big hand size so they can kind of play a little bit more um they can play more value cards that you really couldn't play yeah uh, and decks that had a kind of just you know slower a little bit of a slower pace than you but uh that's why you have um uh, cards like or decks like cell they keep mecha freeze in check because they want to have that big hand size mm-hmm. and they just played seven drop cell and all of a sudden they go from 11 cards to three was Cell from uh, Union, or was that from... Uh, Cell came out in set two. Oof. Yeah. So, Ultimate Lifeform Cell is really good. This deck was so annoying. I, I'm, <laughs> if we ever play Go format, I already have all the cards, but... This deck was so annoying. I can't wait to just drop that seven drop on people. I'm going to play this three drop. Cool. You got the combo pieces? Yeah. No, it's not even that. I got the first combo piece, but that five drop let me draw to my second combo piece. <laughs> like, okay. I have, I've done that so many times. No, oh, man. I, this thing was so annoying, man. This set has no real counterplay. No, that you're just free to go wherever you want. The only thing that could stop it really was Frieza. But the problem was, it's like if Frieza was tapped out, it was like, okay, absorb, uh, cold bloodlust. It's like, okay, take a life. Like, you still took a life, and I'm going to swing at you. You going to combo out, or you got nothing but extra cards in hand? Like, it was. That's what makes Cell so good. Since Cell's, I played Cell's Birth. Turn mm-hmm. one Cell's Birth, you turn two. Tap one energy, play the three drop. Yeah. I bet. Oof. Reduce every energy cost in your uh, in your hand by two. These are the real reprints we need. I need foils of this bad boy. Get out of here. <laughs> Get the best <laughs> cards. I'm already the Them OGs. I already hate it here. <laughs> but so, yeah, um, I mean, there are a lot of uh, different playstyles that you could play that you never would have thought of in the early game. Like uh, like having your leader be aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the Goku coming in. They're at four life. You just swing with the um, 
You send it their leader, you give it uh, the double strike. It's got dual attack. Minaka gives it for the turn. Yeah. So you're looking at basically like, um, you know how they had the, the, the new set 10, set 11, Zamasu? Yeah. The one that had uh, KO on your energies, give itself double strike. You've got something dual like attack. Uh, dual, something attack, dual, attack. dual attack. You play the Minaka card, give it double strike. Now you're, now you're starting to see um, something from a newer, uh, a newer set be introduced into an older format where it could probably be a lot more better than an older format because there's a lot less answers. Yeah. True. So, I mean, that that's that's why I kind of like GOAT format in general coming back into a game that could uh, realistically see itself being there. Um, and I just, want to, I just want to really see all the interesting decks that you're not, you really haven't seen in a long time. Boy, get out of here. I wish... Feet Kamehameha was from set two. No, I don't wish Feet Kamehameha was from set <laughs> two. Get that on out of here. Get that out Bro, of here. Bro, our Lord and Savior. Oh, OG Metacooler? Oh, that's my Lord and Savior. Bro, get out of here, dog. <laughs> Metacooler is low-key I, I had a dude top three times in a row when Mega Freezer came out with this deck, and I don't know why he topped. It's just a bunch of 15s poking at you, bro. You got the bean? No, drop a card. Bro, that's what it. was funny is he put the double strike to get any cold bloodlust? All right, cool. <laughs> oh god you know what's an interesting thing I want to bring up so you know how the crit Vegeta you take a life he gains crit then you awaken he loses it yeah. wasn't there an update in the ruling where they said that if their leader if your leader flips over they carry any continuous effects with them now I, I, I hope I kind of want to say I hope that ruling continues because that would be a really good ruling to, to keep 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 when you're to keep for go for goat right yeah because that's had, really interesting. I've had both where it's like it, people said it doesn't continue because they really didn't update the ruling. I have people who said no because they're specifying when a card flips, it's still the same card. Which yeah. It wasn't ruled like that before because launch is the card that they're talking about. They're not awakening; they're just flipping. flipping. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I have to. Uh, I hope that the. Um, that it, it, it does it for the leader effect for awakening and stuff like that because uh, that just kind of makes leaders who uh, gain crit on one side and then will flip it over and lose it kind of devalues them. Like this Vegeta here is really good too, by the way. Wait, Jonathan, so that ruling they did in the rule book, it only affects leader who flips, which in this situation would be launch, or does it also affect awakened leaders? So the way they've worded it, it's been the same wording for like the last seven sets but they just updated a portion of it where they mentioned a card flipping over is considered the same card it might just be for launch then because I, I launch, think it is launch doesn't say awaken it says flip correct so I think that might just be a launch thing so, so we're in the same situation then if something if an unawakened leader has crit if they awaken they'll lose crit as far yeah. as I'm aware of it's on the fence but I would stick to what's originally known as yeah. opposed to trying to make something become a rule and then not so I'm waiting for a higher judge to specify and I might just be making more work out of it than it is yeah. calling all higher judges I'll go I'll go reread it I thought that affected all leaders that were like you know flipping to it or that would be smaller because a, a lot of people who like swing double strike with a champa and then they'll awaken and they didn't realize they lost yeah. the double strike just from not that's just, that correctly. that's just you being a bad player though sequence your stuff correctly correct sequencing <laughs> is very key in this game yeah and uh, I need help with the sequence <laughs> Wait, right, I was, just, the, I was uh, just curious. Go back to the blue, Vegeta, the blue Vegeta, the blue Goku, real quick. I want to see something on that card. Oh, they did. Oh, they did nerf it. Oh, oops. It says auto once per turn. The card attacks draw one card. I was like, yeah, oh. it's not both. Yeah, not, not like Zamasu. I thought it was going to be not because the Vegeta had or the Vegeta has it. It's not once per turn, but there's no way to give a dual attack and set one set two. Unfortunately. So a big thing with gold format, 
Uh, majority of these leaders don't draw when they swing. Uh, 100%. Right on the front. Right on the front. That sucks. Uh, card draw so. is very prevalent. That's one of the main reasons why a lot of people, you know, swings, even though it's not optimal, it will really have to be like, man, this guy will gain so much advantage if I swing at them. Kind of like launch. If you're looking at a situation where you're playing against a launch deck and they have two energies open, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to pass. You know, because they can put like two to three, if they're playing, you know, the tricolor, they can put two to three bodies out just from you swinging because you want to draw one card. Next thing you know, you're facing three battle cards turn two. Exactly. That's why a lot of large players just stop playing Unisons altogether. Yeah. So that way, they, that way your opponent can swing stuff for free. Is I'm, Trunks the watered down launch for this set? It's a good storm leader. I mean, you, you play, you, you draw a crap ton, you play a lot of good value cards. You know uh, why this is just as equally strong as launch? Because it plays untapped trunks. I hate that card's good. So untap draw. Um, you draw and you untap an energy. There you go. If anything, if untapped trunks was a thing, this would probably be a better launch. <laughs> 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 the only thing is, it doesn't accumulate the same value by like you know the double draw. Launch yeah. will get the double draw if you see the the life flipper trunks. Once you awaken, you're just drawing once per turn. I mean, you, you draw get only double draw if you awaken. Yeah, yeah you can record. You get one double draw. Yeah, you swing one double combo. Draw. Awaken, draw two more, so you've got three cards. Combo, draw another card. You've you've seen four cards. Yeah, that one burst draw for, you know, versus launch getting the double drive return. But yeah, that's like a different version of launch. And it goes back to like what Ryan was saying. There's just, you know, introducing somewhat similar uh, strategies from back in the day into, you know, to our newer evolved game that we have now. Hey, you can play OG uh, Gohan. Oh, you going? You talking about the the one that kills father, yourself if you lose? The father son combo. Yeah. You talking about the worst version of? Yes, yeah, so I have a guaranteed loss. <laughs> I'm gonna give myself triple strike swing negate. All right. Uh, Good game. <laughs> all right. I love losing the game. Man, who made this? Card? <laughs> he gets plus this shot. Awful game. set they one. They should have gave him a card back in the day that says, "Yeah, look at you play this card and look at your opponent's hand," like something like that. They should have gave him a green uh, Broly Retribution. Yeah, that secret spice. Yeah, that would have been the most broken thing in set one. No, I mean, you know, you got to negate. Right, I'm not going to restand. Like, you know, it's just like, man, I'm going to take, a, I'm gonna take <laughs> a shot at the dark, negate. Oh, man, I should have known. <laughs> Happened to me every single round. Bro, I'm gonna bring Bobbity to the goat format. Well, pop that ten drop boo on you with the ball. Bro, if you pop the ten drop boo, I'm actually just retiring from Dragon Ball together. I'll just go put fucking blood. I'll sell everything. <laughs> I'll sell everything. Listen, bro, just don't finish me off with the Bobbity itself. Oh, you know it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, the God of Destruction, Champa. I, I try to make this card really. Good. I like how this this leader got more popular in later sets than it did in its own set. Cause they're giving those like one drop trunks, double strikes, so and yeah. Yeah. Create double. Yeah, yeah, everything had double strike. I remember hearing a story about a game where they brought out the the eight drop foo where you have to warp every time you activate something. Mm-hmm. My man said, "Yeah, I gave that double strike. I swung three times." <laughs> Is that even legal? Why not? Place one card from your hand in your drop area. Choose this Easy card or turn. one of your battle cards against double. Okay, strike. so yeah, the story, the story I heard was legit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's guy. a that's a weird. 
Weird combination. Well, that's just what you mean? That's like six damage on face. No, I'm saying who is going to go and play this leader first of all. <laughs> I'll, pull, I'll do it right now. I'll I don't know what it is, man. But I know when like one old leader gets, you know, a, you know, some hope is like, oh, there's hope for other older leaders. Well, first anniversary box came out with a card of Autos that let this end of Autos leader awaken. If you that is true, yeah. Like awakened early. Oh, that's know. one of the reasons why this card got popular. That is very true. I'll let you guys know this right now. I'll I'll take this in the main into uh, the next regional, and I'll I'll make the clickbait video. Can this card? Can this deck beat uh, King Piccolo? And then the first five seconds of the video, no. And <laughs> <laughs> the video, <laughs> bro, go against uh, Red Broly Swap. Play three turns. Like yeah, scoop. <laughs> Can we make it to three turns. <laughs> if I make it to three turns, I'll make the video fifteen minutes longer, yeah. and it's just me saying the word no over and over again. No, get this leader off there. This is not good. This is. Dying. We're looking at cooler and then cooler leader of troops. I didn't even know this was a leader until I clicked on it. <laughs> That's all you need to know about the card. <laughs> there you go. That says everything. And yeah, that so card's where not was, good. What's the cooler engine? Yeah, don't worry about that. Just know the seven drop was used in the Frieza deck. Those you use it more in everything else but that deck. Bro, so. I was so upset. I tried to make, you know, I tried to make that Frieza work in uh, set nine. The, no, 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 the, the, that one. The untap one. Untap battle cards. Untap two of your battle cards and switch them to active mode. You want to know why I try to make this deck work? Why? Arrival Broly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Rival them that Oh, it didn't work out, right? The effect won't kick off? The effect kicks off. Oh, it does? It's okay. just really bad. Because <laughs> this leader sucks. I thought about doing this with the... Uh, there's like a Gohan card that came out uh, where it also untaps a battle card. So you yeah, have it's like, a two drop. Yeah, you would have like three or four untaps yeah. in one turn. And then also you play the Ox King to give the three or less barrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm sitting on untapped barriers, just <laughs> chilling. Do you get the second Ox King out? Oh, yeah, we're in there, boys. <laughs> like Flynn, all, my little, all my little peewees are in. In comes <laughs> Kami. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, if yeah, I see the one up. random Kami tech. Oh, crap. That's actually a good idea, though. I need to pick up some commies. I'm really tired of seeing that Ox King. So, this is my question about it. So, we know the, the GOAT format was talked about. Is there a set date? Has it been picking up traction? Like, you know, when is that actually going to happen and who's hosting it? PPG is hosting it, from my understanding. It's their format. Yeah. And their first event will be the release of Set 13 Supreme Rivalry, which will be... Is it going to be two online? Two and a half, three weeks. It's in person. IRL. Uh, which oh, I'm, you guys want to make a road trip? I'm done. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a road trip. I'm making a road trip, but they have yet to announce the other stores that are hosting. Wait, is it PPG Miami or is uh, it PPG Dallas? No, not Dallas. Miami for sure. Oh, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to Miami for this. But my understanding is that there are three other stores for this circuit tour they're doing. Yeah. So uh, there are going to be other. IRL events hosting GOAT format. That's all I can say as of right now. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling that this might catch on and other people will replicate. So I'm hoping that more IRL events are coming. I already know that uh, conventions are happening, concerts are happening, so we should be able to see more IRL events like regionals. Yeah. I mean, I've already I've already bought the stuff I needed for uh, Cell because I really just want to play Cell again. That deck was so much fun. And playing a lot of the older cards, like holding all the older cards and stuff like that, really, it, it really does give you a feel of nostalgic. Like the uh, dependable warrior Bardock, the four drop, mm -hmm. or the four drop Kale that um, oh. that draws you cards if you have five or less in hand. It draws you a card. Oh, cards, the original board clear. The original, the OG board clear. Uh, those cards are just really good. I, I like them all. So, 
it's just really fun to be able to play an older format and see older cards and then see how other people are going to take the older format and just kind of warp it to, you know, because they have more understanding of the game and more understanding of play style and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like beers would be super fun to play. Just negate, 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 ramp, 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 ramp. Okay, so you're just telling yourself, make one from hand on every swing. Oh, <laughs> oh I'll take my, I'll take my damage. You take your damage after cell drops you to three. Oh, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, bro, nice. And also the thing too, we have, we probably have a lot new players that we didn't have during set one and two. They didn't you know, know how it was. Yeah, like so they're probably gonna come in. Warp the meta themselves. Like, how did y'all not see this combo back in the day? It was like, oh, you know, it was a really bad leader back in the day. Which one? Hit. Hit. What do you mean used to be? <laughs> hey man, reboot hit's pretty good. Oh yeah, reboot hit is lit because yeah. he gets free value. You know, this guy gets free doves to people. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gives. You- oh, this bro, is you the only leader that can negate a block. By the way. Oh, yeah. The only card I can think of that can negate a block. You do have free blockers in this format. So play Victory Strike Hit next time you go to your local. I'm not. I'm, okay, we're done. Podcast <laughs> over. I know. Oh, when y'all said blockers, I'm over here thinking about Digimon blockers. <laughs> All right, let's legit end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This I has been Thinking on Charge. Uh, have a great day. I did my job. Marco, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm excited to play older formats, and I'm excited just to, just in general for this. Golden yeah. Freeze is probably still going to be a, a pretty good leader to pick. I obviously Mecha is like the, the, the supreme, number one, the, the number one, the OG Mecha pre errata. Oh, you mean turn one objection? <laughs> oh my god! Draw into another objection. Just objection random. puts it in untapped or tapped? Untapped. untapped. Oh, cool. So that means you can objection, 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 objection. I did forget about that. I remember I had someone put three objections on me. They'd have no hand, but then they could just awaken. Well, they just awaken. <laughs> what do you mean they have no hand? They're taking life for that. They're replacing, oh, the, obje- they're replacing, they're replacing the objection with the life card they have. Man, check this out. Remember when it used to activate sensibly by taking the life and untap two yellow? Boy. Boy, how I was watching an old video from one of my channels, man, and I saw that happen. I was like, there's no way this was legal back then. It was. <laughs> Bro, I had someone do that to me, bro. And I'm sitting over here trying to play Rinky Dink. Uh, what was I playing at that time? Because so after bad, after dude. after I got done with Mecha Freeze's crap, I just built Cell. What was I playing at the time? It was probably something bad. <laughs> if it wasn't meta, if it wasn't a known name, it was probably bad. It was probably bad. It's fair. Probably something really bad. I tried to make some monster work, and boy, how did I get my my shit stomped in? <laughs> my first leader was Vados. Vados wasn't bad because you can attack battle cards. In mm-hmm. active mode, uh, and that was actually really good back in the day because like being able to clear board with your leader, yeah. and like you know all the value stuff they had on the board, that was really good. I played this in set three meta. It was bad. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine. <laughs> so it's probably really bad after it's after it's like understanding of set one, set two. This has actually gotten I think better over time, especially if you can activate your awaken in turn two mm-hmm. with that new card, because now you can all those like like you can swing into. Uh, the Vegeta that's in, Invoker Vegeta, right? Because you know, there's not a lot of cards that swing active. I'm going to try to hit that thing. I'm going to swing at your Vegeta in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're tapping I'll, out for it. I wonder how some of these... The Vegeta's on board! Yeah, you pay three for it. And bad players would pay three for bad it. Bad players pay three for it. And then don't awaken or... <laughs> bad players just play Vegeta. <laughs> Good players in Invoker just don't even... Just don't... Just play nothing. You but play green. red-yellow... In, in Vados and you do um, 
the counter counter. The Almighty Resistance? Oh, yeah, that's my favorite card. That card's good. It's real good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, gonna I wonder how some of these old leaders would fare, like with a unison engine in them. Really Trash. good, actually. That'd Trash. be pretty cool. Because then they're going to give you the option to draw a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Because there's that lack of draw in the front. Um, it's going to give you a free counter. So you're getting some value. Oh my god, the best card in the good though. If you could pick one unison to play in older formats, probably just pick Piccolo because it just literally just shit on everything. Basically. I'm gonna Wheeze Core. No, I just need the Piccolo Jr. to draw me a card, and every time you Wheeze Core, I pop your crap. Okay. I think that's probably the best unison in the set. Like if like if I could bring one unison from any any from any unison that's been printed and put it in like set one set two, it'd probably be the Piccolo Junior unison because it would literally just eat at everything. Can we Warrior's Coercion, Vados or uh, Vados Assistance? Uh, you play. Wait, the, doesn't the unison react to counter play or? Okay, so it react uh, reacts to counters. Anything. Yes, and it's not once per turn. This man over here. GG. No re. This man had a yeah, bringing, yeah, we're bringing this Piccolo Unison with those boys. <laughs> Alright. So, we've talked a lot about what could be... Obviously, it's more likely a, a triangle format here. Uh, I, I OGs, at least. I think at the beginning, you'll see a triangle format. But as the format expands, you'll see decks that just never existed. Do you think that this is a nostalgic I just want to try it out one time to relive old memories or do you think people will take this competitively You'll get, Ryan, I know you have more insight on this so I'll let you completely take this topic oh perfect um, podcast over <laughs> <laughs> no uh, as somebody who did try uh, tries out goat from time to time um, uh, if it's, it is a nostalgic feeling at first but it becomes a very competitive format very quickly just because of the fact that um, you're able to uh, it's able to go on longer you're able to do plays that you can't do now like for a goat format, like you know, if you set like set one and pass is like the most viable thing in the world in goat, and that's also just that also can make your opponent sit there and have like a five minute turn trying to figure out what the hell you just said. It could be a song judgment. It could be, um, it can be a goat. It can be a, a, a goat, a scapegoat. It can be like just anything. They're sitting over there like, what did he put? And like, but if you do that now, you you lose. You lose the whole game. Uh, and just like with um, with here now. Um, if you don't have those like turn one, turn two plays, uh, you can just pretty much just lose and get blown out the water. But for like you know older formats like we're here, you don't have you, you don't have to have a turn one, turn two play. You can just sit there objection. You can sit there uh, just sit there ramp slowly. Uh, you can sit there and play some like really like really just old cards that are good like the draw boos, mm -hmm. the draw Goku's. Just play those cards out, and you know kind of get into the later turns and see. Uh, the the more the plays come out and stuff like that. So I think uh, for for goat format for us being with set one set two and then the uh, the majestic collection. I think it's what it, the majestic collection was the the, the Gogeta bro, heroes stuff. and villains. The, the 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 mighty heroes and the uh, the dark demons. Um, you're able to see uh, just the dark demons because you're not going to see any of that other crap come out. Uh, those cards are bad. True, but you will see. Um, you will see the Bardock come out, and you probably will see the trunks, the Time Patrol trunks, because it's the draw. It's the draw trunks, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I would see that. I think you would see the Toa. Let's, the Toa takes over. Uh, what is it? Two, two or less? less? I th you'll, see, you'll see the Toa. Yeah, the Toa will probably come out and eat like a blocker for for game or something like that. Blockers. It's like so good, but um, I think you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna see a triangle format at first. You're gonna see Cell. You're gonna see Mecha Freeze that come out on top. I really couldn't tell you what the third deck. It probably will be Crit Vegeta. Or, or uh, crit Vegeta because of the fact that Monaka's still legal. Self awakening. Too. Yeah, self awakening into Monaka is really good. Uh, you might see Ginyu. Uh, 
rogue. Well, he gives you a cold bloodlust leader. Yeah, it gives you. Not only does it give you a cold bloodlust leader, it also gives you self blaken. It also puts bodies on the board. It's just really good. Put the bodies on the. <laughs> and then you've got. Um, but then after that, you'll see the format devolve into more people playing uh, different decks. You'll see people uh, uh, play. Uh, you know, like you said, with the uh, they'll probably play some leaders with blue package, mm-hmm. just so they can uh, play those um, those combo cards like the um, the Frieza, the Gohan, and stuff like that. You know, tap two combo with it, activate Zeno button, restand your energy. Tap two, play the Gohan again, Zeno button, untap two. You've got three bodies on board right now. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's gonna be one of those things where you know once their meta is established people are just going to keep evolving they're going to be like okay well if that's the best deck we're going to build this deck to counter that deck and then it's going to gain popularity oh that's the best deck well we're going to make these adjustments to counter that deck and then the meta is going to you know evolve again so it it, that will keep i think that'll keep the game interesting even though it's probably gonna be like the same six to eight leaders just like doing a weird circle there's There's like 12 leaders though so yeah Yeah, it's gonna be that one window where somebody's like, "Oh, Vados can do really good against this leader, and this leader is popular right now." So they're probably gonna bring Vados in, and Vados will have its moment to shine, and, that's, and that's where the fun will yeah. come in. Like you because, know, like what was it? Because Cell, my because just just like off the top of my head, Cell, you had Cell and Mecha Frieza. Mecha Frieza is really good, um, but because it gets solo life, if someone plays like Blue Aggro like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Blue Aggro now just eating away at Mecha Frieza because they had such a little life, and you've got like four 15Ks on board now that you got yeah. up for free. And then you've got, um, but then you have Vados coming out here because now we can attack all those battle cards. Swing, 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 eat the battle cards away. Yep. And then you've got Vados being, like, you know, not able to, you know, have a board presence. So then you've got something like Mecha Frieza able to take advantage. You've got kind of like a, a little bit of a triangle right there, but then it just evolves into other decks coming out, like Ginyu being able to just, you know, blast uh, creatures out on the board. So being able to, you know, take advantage of those decks that, you know, are low life or can't just, you know, deal with it or keep a good hand size advantage against what you're playing against. Yeah, no, exactly. Unless there's like, you know, once the go format goes down, unless there's a deck that just has the advantage over all the matchups and you go into like a tier zero type situation. But I think from, I, I didn't join from day one. I joined a little bit after set two came out. But just from what I remember, it, and like I said, the way people's mindsets are, who have evolved 10 plus sets later, you know, it's just going to be a different ball game, I feel, with the with set one and two, especially with, you know, new players entering the game once the later sets came through. I think with the, uh, I think they did, they, they, they stopped at a good place to for the good format. I think with the inclusion of the, um, the black cards being able to interrupt the board, Yeah. I think you've got a, a you've got a healthy format because then you've got, uh, if something gets too out of hand, just got, we have Bardock to answer that. Yeah, and the good thing, too, is that those cards can go in any deck. So it's not like, you know, a deck that's not favored. It's not like they're handicapped by not being able to play those cards. They can play those cards as well. So that's really good. Yeah, that's 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 about all I have for, for GOAT. I'm excited for GOAT because it gives people a, a new spice to the game, right? Yeah. It, it gets stale, especially after we've seen the same decks over and over and over and over and over. Uh, even though the, the, the meta is as diverse as it's ever been right now, yeah, it still gets stale. Uh, going back to, say, the old days, where it's like, ah, oh, the, the golden days, the golden era of, of Dragon Ball. There are no golden era days of Dragon Ball. You all suck. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, 
I know a lot of older players who have left the game have talked about coming back, uh, especially some of their original, uh, for me, Salt Boys. They were like, oh, Volt format? For sure, we'd, we'd come back and play. They haven't played Dragon Ball since set seven or eight. Uh, so that's you know a whole year, year and a half that they haven't touched the card game, and they're wanting to come back because of this format. Yeah. So I'm excited for that because it's going to bring uh, that excitement back to some people of the game, and it's going to give current players and new players something else to compete with because if they're not on, on tier with the meta right now if they don't have the money to spend on cards for the meta right now goat's cheap goat's at the moment super goat's cheap. cheap right super affordable yeah you have some championship variations of cards like I know the Trunks has like a championship foiling and the Massian has a championship foiling but they're pennies pennies on TCG they might be a dollar now because of the goat format announcement but you don't have to spend $70 on a negate yeah, you do. Because you have to play high rarity goat. That's how you play goat and If your deck's not high rarity, you suck. He's not wrong. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for joining the podcast. If you're poor, please leave. <laughs> we have an entry level. We have an entry level. If you don't make this much or if you don't make this much on your yearly income, you are not allowed to listen. We're dropping a link to our Patreon. Exactly. For sure. Well, if you could please support us on Patreon, Ko-Fi, um, uh, OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Uh, what's that? Uh, GoFundMe. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll link my PayPal, my Venmo, my Cash App. Be sure to subscribe to our $60 membership before you buy yourself a foil. Exactly. Sure. Uh, make sure you just come come to my house and give me all of your money. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, the product, introduction of GOAT format, I should say, and I know we've had Team Wars that's been on and off for uh, in-person regionals. Uh, can we think of any formats, especially out of like other card games, that might make sense to introduce into the card game uh mainly what i'm thinking of is like uh what is it two-headed giant a two-headed giant no nah. i mean maybe two-headed giant if two-headed giant's just a smaller version of team wars and i i mean as much as i like playing games team wars is just um team team wars is just a deck building restriction that can work. Uh, two-headed giants just kind of not a, a, a deck building restriction that can work because there's no deck building restrictions for a two-headed giant. You guys just share the same life total. Uh, you guys share the same life total. You share the same phases, and um, you guys should just decide who you want to attack again at the end of the day. And all you will be doing is creating a format that's not supported by Bandai that can get out of hand really quickly because of stuff like uh, Reboot Gohan and Maja Vegeta, aggro decks that can... Re- you, you, it would just kind of turn into, devolve into an aggro matchup versus control matchup, and you just kind of create like a really shitty cycle. I think it'd be cool to, to introduce, because Team Wars, everybody's playing their own individual 1v1 game, and you have to win two of the three. So it's not like Two-Headed Giant in that sense. Uh, and you, like you said, there's no restriction on deck building with Two-Headed Giant. But I think it'd be cool because now you can mix leader abilities and you can mix battle cards that say if your leader is X this Saiyan and you have a Saiyan on your, your opponent or your teammates. That would have to be something that would be introduced into the rules because that kind of doesn't work for team, for 2v2, for other formats. Like with uh, Magic, I can't tap my blue, my, my mana to help you pay for a card. There are only, I mean, someone's going to yell at me because they play Magic and that kind of does exist now with Battle Bond. You have... Um, uh, team worker, I can't remember what the, the hell the damn keyword is, but um, but before that, with two headed giant, that really didn't exist. Like I couldn't tap my blue to help you pay for an expo, so sure. we can you know exterminate our opponents to death. Well, maybe this is something we introduce as a new format for Dragon Ball that would mix it because in reality of a of a battle, you can help your your allies by 
jumping in and doing something, right? I think that would also just create um, something that's kind of unwanted because then you could just um, then you'd see secrets kind of dominate the game a bit more because. Uh, what was it on turn three? I could just cast um, apex of uh, apex of power and win the game because I could just have both of uh, both of us kind of build our deck around turboing out that at the end of the day, and it is easy to get to apex because of the fact that of all the f uh, filtering you do with invoker, or you can have something like people play like turbo like turn one sells you know because you're just able to flood the board with a bunch of crap on the field and it's just like, and then like and then you also have run into the fact of people playing double secrets. Yeah, I mean, it'd be formatted probably like one secret per two decks, or you can only uh, activate like counter skills or blocks for your teammate. You can't pay help pay costs on like casting a, a creature battle card from your hand, like that kind of stuff. Like if I have a negate and somebody's swinging at you, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I think something like that, yeah, because like if someone plays something uh, in front of you and they have a trunks, you just trunks it. Right. I, I I can agree with something like that. I think two v two just needs to be more thought out for this kind of format because Dragon Ball is just a very unique game. Stuff like Goat works because that's format inhibiting and that's a deck building uh, uh restriction. Sure. And I just think formats that have deck building restrictions kind of work for this game. Well, Magic's different formats all started from you know user creation. It wasn't something that uh, Wizards of the Coast was like, hey guys. This is what we're formatting. It's just people started playing it on their own, and it caught popularity, and so they were like, "All right, I guess we're going to do this." And yeah. now you can go buy commander decks from like Walmart. Is how popular it's gotten. I think just like the game needs to uh, create a format itself, but you can incorporate other formats. I think two v two just need. If you want to introduce something like two headed giant, I think you can because Team Wars already do exist. I think you just need to. Um, uh, uh, just look at it from your own for the game standpoint and figure out how you could uh, make the rules to where you can't you, you can't just break the game but you can uh, but it's become it, is that a point uh, I, that's why I kind of like the name Team Wars because Team Wars doesn't feel like a Team Wars to me because yeah I'm sitting right next to my teammate but I can't interact with his board state whenever you look at something cause it, 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 Team Wars reminds me of a format in, for Commander called Emperor Emperor exists where um, you have you do have you have three you have three people on one side versus three people on the other side. Everybody um, you can only talk to the middle person. The middle person can only talk to the person on the left. The middle person can only talk to the person on the right. But um, um, what was interesting is that um, the middle person can interact with the person on the left and the person on. The, I literally just put the wrong directions on my head on my hand. The middle person can interact with the person on the right and the person on the left and. Um, the person on the right can only act with the person in front of them, but if the person in front of them loses, the person on the right can interact with the person in the middle, with the person in the middle interacting with them as well. That's what I liked about that a lot, is that that was interesting because it added, so I think something like, uh, not Team Wars, but I think like the term Emperor could work for this game. Because if I'm playing like, you know, Mecha Freeze in the middle, the reboot Mecha Freeze in the middle, right? You know, to help mitigate right and left. And my person on the right is playing an aggro deck, and we kind of have that team synergy where I'm playing something like Majin Vegeta, right? And I'm just going for it, and I need him to help me out, protect me. Or he's playing Blue Baby, and like you know, he's helping me mitigate damage and stuff like that. And I'm able to go in with Majin Vegeta. You know, that's something I kind of like. With I think we should update Team Wars to be more like that, where you're able to interact, where you're able to use your teammates to interact. That would be a Team War to me. Not to say there's nothing wrong with the team war format we have now, but it doesn't feel like a like a team effort. It feels like we're just playing a deck building restriction with our team. True. You get what I'm saying? I do. Marco. 
sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Marco has transcended it. <laughs> now, when y'all said, uh, what is it, two heads? What, what did you mention? Right. I, never heard, I never heard of that term before. I never knew about Emperor either. I guess that's a game mode in Magic. It's a... Um, it's a uh, um, it's a game mode off of the commander game mode. Okay, so, yeah, I never heard of either of those two. So, a game mode within a but game that's mode. really interesting. Game mode within a game mode. <laughs> that was really interesting what you were saying about you know the three way. Then like if one person wins, they can support the person on the side. Yeah, I feel like a Dragon Ball did that. I should be like a massive oh, advantage for sure. You, you would lose instantly. Yeah. Oh, it, it's instantly. That that's why um, that's why it's really imperative that you guys that like because. Then you guys build your deck uh, decks for that format, yeah. you know, because 100%. you have the guy in the middle playing, you know, like a tempo deck or a control deck mm -hmm. or like something uh, to really help the two people on the left and the right. And the other guy's doing the same thing because he needs to interact with that deck as well. Because if he's just, if they're all three playing aggro and you're playing blue baby, all right, negate, 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 and your aggro players are able to go in while they're struggling <laughs> to even hit you... <laughs> That sounds insane. I feel like there was something implemented. Like, let's say, uh, okay, so let's say there's like you know two players, the middle one and the one on the right. If the person on the right wins, maybe there should be some type of mechanic where he's allowed to add, he's allowed to pick X amount of cards from his deck and put it to his hand, and he has like ten total energies to expend to support his teammate. So, like, let's say you know he has cooler retaliation, right? Uh, he uses set. Uh, he uses three of the ten to play cooler to negate something for his teammate to connect a swing. But after that, your teammate on the right who won only has seven more energy to expend in order to support you. I feel like if there was like some type of set resource that you can use to you know help your teammate, then it probably won't feel as overpowering. Like you know because there's only a set amount, and once you read a certain limit, your opponent can be like on the other side. Your opponent could be like, oh man, finally I expended through all this guys you know, teammates resource, now I can finally like, you know, start try to catch up. I think I think something like that. Like maybe if you would if you if you choose to attack, mm -hmm. you can you can for that turn uh, activate counter skills. Or if you activate a counter skill, you cannot attack that turn. If you're the player that's freed that that's freed up. Yeah. Like you've defeated the person in front of you and now you're choosing to attack the person in the middle. Yeah. Like you have to decide do I want to be aggressive or do I want to be supportive? Mm. I don't know. It's always like a complicated system, in my opinion. I think right now it's only complicated because I feel like it'll be unbalanced once one person wins. No. True. I think I think with with with, uh, with Jonathan saying that you know we have we have a um, we just need to come up with these more formats and iron out the kinks and then you know you can have a game store that's just um, just like the King of the Hill format that we just did seven v seven never again never again that was. That hurt me. Yeah, you weren't even there. I wasn't even there. <laughs> That's definitely an interesting concept, though. I like the Emperor game mode. That sounds really fun. It's just, it's, like you said, there's some kinks that will have to be worked out. Um, I know Marcus Kintarsi actually went into a regional a couple weeks ago, and yeah. he did uh, everything was one of in his deck. I believe the term is what, Popper? Uh, no, it's uh, Singleton. Singleton, sorry. Yeah, Pop Popper is uh, one cost, right? Uh, Popper is a uh, uh, commons and below uh, only. I think it's uncommons and below, or just commons. I can't remember. Uh, it's a, a Popper is just like a really cheap format. He played a singleton deck, and he actually fared pretty well. He didn't top or anything, but you know, I think he had a couple wins, maybe two or three wins, which is just you know respectable for Trent. No, <laughs> zero consistency, right? Like there's no sacrificing card. consistency for the meme. Hey, and he memed well. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool, just to 
throw again like some spice i think we all get caught up in you know looking at deck lists online looking at top cuts and saying oh okay let me manage my deck to be 95 percent this and i'll throw in my own two cards i think um i kind of agree with you on that um we did. Uh, there is a format that recently came out in Magic that I think could be applied to here. I don't think you played it because you played MTG Arena Brawl. Mm-hmm. I think Brawl could really work out for um, uh, Dragon Ball because we do have a smaller deck list. Uh, we can fit sixty cards. So I think I think if we do something like that, it should be sixty cards singleton. Um, and I did see someone online actually try to do something like Commander. You have your leader and you have your non-secret card from your deck next to your leader that you can choose to play I did like that a lot and people were picking very interesting cards for combo stuff some people were picking like uh, the King Cole that reduces all of your Frieza army cards mm-hmm. some people were picking Fearless Pan some people were picking um, uh, the uh, what's it called the, sh- the, the the shoe the one that brings out the Mai and the um, the uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. the other guy yeah. I, I no, for the Pilaf deck right yeah some people were talking about, you know, they, they showed it where they where they did have secrets, and not everybody picked secrets to actually go in their leader zone, mm-hmm. or to go in their uh, their the extra spot. People were still picking other cards because other cards have a lot more of an impact. Yeah. So I think something like what you're saying is super in the realm uh, of something like that, and it would be super interesting too. I think I think something seeing something like that because you know um, it would just be like everything's limited, so you would see uh, you would just see like a bunch of good stuff. That cards you don't ever play. And it would bring cards to light that most people don't see in the other format. It would just help other people out as well. So, you know, you kind of have, like, you know, maybe this one-card combo that, you know, you want to bring out this, like, really good boss monster out. And you have to hope to see your removal. And then people would, uh, it would just turn into, like, a good deck building. Like, you know, this this is how much space I have towards negates for removal here, for cards that are going to give me value. It would, it would be a really good deck building restriction that would go into a really good format. I mean, would you also? I know Commander does it where you, if a card specifically says you can have more than one, like more than as many copies of this card as you want, you could do that mm-hmm. still, but normally they'll say one of, right? Yeah. I mean, for Commander, uh, there there are cards that exist Relentless Rats, uh, Shadowborn Apostles. I see people play like a crap ton of that. And you would see with the Metacooler decks. Right. Uh, if you're playing 50 Metacoolers, yeah, you're bad. For the meme as well. But well, obviously you're bad. It's supposed to be one field card and forty nine coolers. But you play, so you play the field card. You play, um, and you play your meta coolers. You play all your stuff to support your meta coolers, and then what you can choose, you can choose the um, the one that gives them all double strike. Yeah. In your in your little uh, leader zone with your leader zone as well. So I think that's something that could work out really well. Uh, and you would also see you would see decks like that actually thrive better. Because it would work better in a form. Because now you have access to your card that anthems all of your other cards. Mm-hmm. Consistency and surge and, and everything. Listen, this single 10, I don't know if I can do that, Chief. I'm playing four dormants. Play what? <laughs> I said, I'm playing four uh, hidden potentials or hey, dormant. Hey, man, just Roshi. Nah, man. Four violent rays. <laughs> I play no single 10. No, I'm playing. That would be a really difficult thing to work out because just think about making a deck, what is it, like you guys are saying, 60 cards? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that seems really difficult. I'll just be playing a, a bunch of little one drops. You get four super combos though, because you just pick one from each set that came out. And then... Yeah, there you go. Dog. Name, name, the problem, eights. Chief. The problem is, <laughs> what is my game plan? I'm just gonna play a bunch of peewee one drops, draw my whole end, just draw my whole hand, be like, all right, here's my turn four play, here's my turn five play, here's my turn six play. Bro, I'm just gonna play cell chain because it's already at one anyway. So. Yeah, that's you know, true too. Play? Cooler. I'll play Meta Cooler, though. I'll play Meta Cooler in this format. There you go. I'd actually either play Meta Cooler or Mill Cooler, because I think they'd be really good in a 60-card singleton. Probably. Yeah. And i just have the Arrival Cooler, because it'd get around the cast the, the additional casting cost. So just Arrival, Arrival, Arrival. Mm-hmm. I've already broken the format. I'm the best player in the game. All right, that's it. Podcast sign out, dab. <laughs> um, I think we need to see some more formats, uh, especially now that we've gotten to set 13, and each set seems to be coming out with two to 300 cards. So we, I think we have in total, I think forty five hundred cards uh, in the in the game. How'd you figure that out? I, I read it online somewhere. So it's called Google. <laughs> Clearly, That's so hard to but I do want to say one thing before we end the podcast, though. Uh, for stuff like this, for um, well, I'll say that <laughs> um, for uh, for these new formats like Goat, uh, if uh, if like the Emperor thing I brought up. Two-Headed Giant, you know, these really popular formats that do exist in other games. Two-Headed Giant's a very popular magic. I could easily see it come to Dragon Ball. Like, no questions asked. That card's really good. That format's really good. Uh, formats like Popper, formats like uh, Commander, before it got popular. Um, when those formats start coming to Dragon Ball, the people who really like those just have to uh, rem- uh, keep in mind and remind themselves until they really do start picking up a huge popularity and do a huge wave of bonus that... Uh, uh, yeah. Bandai will not support those formats for the time being. It's the same thing for Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh! Goat's are very popular. They do not support Goat at all. Because they, they tried it once with traditional. They tried to host tr- uh, a couple traditional formats at Worlds, Nats, and Regionals from Konami themselves. They didn't they, they, they didn't even have enough people to start off a tournament. And people were begging for those. And when they, when they, when they did, nobody showed up. Like, two or three people signed up for those, I remember. And they stopped doing it. So, they're more than likely Konami's probably not going to support Goat. Uh, like they tried to do with traditional, so if if uh, Con- uh, Bandai does show interest in doing stuff like with uh, Two Headed Giant, or like the like the Emperor idea that I had, or Popper, or uh, the brawl like format that we suggested, where a lot of I've seen a lot of people um, you know try ideas and stuff like that. If you guys if, if people are interested in those, you have to one hundred percent show that you support Bandai showing up to those formats buying the product and stuff like that because if you don't it's going to tank and they'll never do something like that again because they've already tested the water before that's so, fair yeah. it's just something like that also reboot Vegito I'll probably I'm say I'm right now I'll probably like to say this too so these you know, new game modes probably won't really pick up a lot of traction unless someone really <laughs> what <laughs> Bro, you said these. I'm like a five year old, bro. Oh my god. These. We're keeping all of this. Listen, at least we're not recording. At least we're not recording. Guys, I am on the couch just chilling right now. This man passed out. But yeah, no, like the game modes that we're talking about right now. It, they probably won't really pick up a lot of popularity unless people are like really pushing for it. You know, if you got an idea of a new game mode for Dragon Ball, if you feel like it's a good idea, it can be successful. You know, as Ryan said, as Jonathan said, you just got to work out the kinks and just keep pushing it. Goat format, you know, everybody knew about it, but no, it was never really pushed 
you know, to the community until PPG, who is a known name for a community, started trying to promote it. So it's going to be the same situation, you know, if you're like a well-known name in the community or even not a well-known name, you know, if you have a really strong idea, you tested the waters and you think, you know, it's good to go, it's successful, just share ideas with the public. Maybe people can take your idea, you know, mix some of their ideas and then sooner or later, you know, you and someone else from the community created a really popular game mode, a really efficient, you know, maybe not super balanced because, you know, balancing things is really hard at the end of the day but overall it can be like healthy in the way it works like this emperor thing that you mentioned earlier that got me thinking like i already thought about like 10 different ideas of maybe what we can do to try to incorporate to that to dragon ball because i think that's really interesting but you know if you have an idea just start working on it you know get your friends to group up share your idea with them start testing the waters and see how it plays out because you know, the more game modes Dragon Ball has, the better it will be because the more options you'll have. And then the more value you bring to your current cards and maybe the more value you bring to other cards from previous set, which, you know, will bring value to the game itself because maybe certain cards are tell or terrible and constructed, but, you know, they're phenomenal in like Epper or Singleton and stuff like that, you know? So, you know, if you're ever bored and, you know, you got a creative mind, just go to work, man, and try to think of something. It'll pay off at the end. Yeah, so I think we've said all we said about these new formats. Yeah, uh, I, I'm excited. Like I said, to see uh, old players return to the game. I'm very yeah. excited for it. I already bought my deck. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see what new meta we can form out of the old meta. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. It's just it's something new, so it'll definitely be interesting at the end of the day when it's all said and done. You know what the best part about the format is, though? No heroines in each. <laughs> Four of. Or per case. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for our episode today. Uh, shout outs per usual. Shout out to the team, Salt Boys, uh, all the local teams in Houston, especially Meta Club and uh, Team Lethal for uh, already known reasons. Uh, shout out to Lotus Gaming Shop for being the Salt Boys sponsor and best uh, card shop in the Clear Lake, South Houston area. If you're in the area, go check them out. Um, what shout outs you guys got? Uh, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, my team, Team Lethal. Give a shout out to Salt Boys. Give a shout out to Meta Club over here. Uh, can't really think of any other team I want to shout out at all. No other teams whatsoever. Can't think of anything that's uh, better than them. Can't, really can't think of anything right now. <laughs> really, really can't think of anything right now. But uh, I Definitely do want to give a, a shout out to Galaxy Gaming, you know, sponsor for our team. You know, having our tournaments every Wednesday. Every Wednesday is going to be a belt match. We've changed it up. Uh, I'm playing my belt match today, which is Sunday, but this definitely won't be going up today. So uh, I hope everybody has fun. Really confusing the times. It's fun for me. Uh, but definitely big shout-outs to the Galaxy Gaming. The number one best shop, Houston, Texas. I'm going all in, baby. <laughs> We're going to end the podcast early. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Jonathan to cut this out. <laughs> but no, definitely definitely uh, one of the best shops in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm really excited to... Um, Really excited to be a part of this shop and all of and all of its greater community. Man, let me tell you Let me get you a coffee, Marco. Uh, first of all, shout out to Team Meta Club. I love my team so much, man. They're my boys. We're getting to Digimon, fresh and blood. Yeah, I need to check that out. <laughs> Definitely cutting uh, that. <laughs> cutting that out of the podcast. But yeah, now shout out to my boys, man. My boys they mean a lot to me. Really fun team. Shout out to Salt Boys. 
They're hilarious, man. I love their personalities. Group of great people. Shout out to Team Ryan and Team Lethal. <laughs> <laughs> this the, this the best. I gotta say, man, Team uh, Team Lethal's Ryan play. <laughs> when I first played with them, man, I remember meeting him at Senpai's, man. I was like, man, who is this guy? But this guy's a phenomenal player, man. He grew, he grew so much potential so fast, man. Big shout outs to him. He's doing big things here in Houston. Good luck to his belt match today. Shout out to all the other teams that can't think of their names in the Houston community. Shout out to the Houston community. Shout out to Lotus, Galaxy Gaming, phenomenal game stores. Very competitive players go there all the time. And yeah, man, shout out to my boys, Meta Club. I do want to give one more shout out before we end the podcast because I finally went to it. Shout out to Cards and Comics. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I went to that place one time. Ernest is going to listen to this and be like, yo, we went. I'm not even going to tell him. <laughs> he said, like, yo, we went. That place is really good. I, I, I definitely want to make more chips out to that, to that card shop. Yeah. You know what? While we're on it, I'll do a final shout out. I'm gonna shout out all the card game shops I can think of that support the game. Yeah, so absolutely. Shout out to Podcast Alter Ego. <laughs> Podcast ends right there. Shout out to Alter Ego in Baytown, Dragon's Lair, Cytex. Uh, who else be throwing out some? Uh, I guess DNA. Do they support Dragon's Lair? No, so we're not shouting out DNA. Well, end the podcast right. Here. I, I don't want to shout out DNA if I do any bad experiences. No, the main stores, yeah, I think that's pretty much all of them. I'm aware of Fat Ogres, but I don't know if they do DBS. I, I don't think so. Shout out to the Vault and Angleton for sure. Yeah, them boys. Man, shout out to all the DBS stores, man. You know, we wouldn't be here without them. We all go out to every single one of them. We, you know, grown up with them. It's like, you know, your local store is basically like your second or third home. I so, love a Galaxy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan legit has a bunk bed behind the counter. For 1,000,000%. Yeah, longest shout-out we ever done. But shout-out to the Meta Club boys. And I'm ending that out. <laughs> we'll catch y'all later. All right, take it easy.